Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. This morning, as I got here, I opened my word back up. I have lost half of my sermon. And do you know what? Two people have said to me, well, now you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit move, aren't you? <laughs> and you know what? For my personality, it's, it's a really bad thing. Like as soon as I lost, oh, like, I can't lose a thousand words that I've written and I've prepared and I've prayed over. But do you know what? God doesn't care about that. He really doesn't because He's going to speak regardless. And I believe today that no matter what I say, that it will be filtered through the lens of the Word and that you would hear His voice clearly for 2021. I had three thoughts that I'd written before I started writing this that I've been thinking about for weeks. And I've put here, he's the author and finisher of our faith. It begins and ends with him. And I keep thinking about that, author and finisher. What does that mean? We're not quite yet at the finish. We're not at the start of our journey. We're right in the middle, but yet he began it and he will end it. Secondly, he's the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last example for us. That has not changed Over time, the example that he sets does not change. And I think that's important for us to remember as we begin this year. Lastly, when he speaks a word, it will come to pass. And I'm gonna speak about that today, those three things. So 2020 is gone, 2021 is here. Now I've noticed this year that absent on social media were the New Year's resolutions and the New Year, New Me posts. (laughs) They were a lot quieter this year. Some people had a few goals, but it wasn't like last year. And I noticed also New Year's celebrations were quieter. We kind of tread, like went in carefully, didn't we, to 2021. Like don't disturb what could happen almost. And although I don't believe we walk in fear, we definitely have come into this year very different than we've come into every other year. Does everyone agree with me on that at least? Yeah. Okay, and I think there are some people that are walking into a fear of a year because of what happened in the last year. But what is God saying in this new year? Is He silent? Is He afraid of what happened in 2020 or what's going to come? Has He decided not to move or do anything significant with His people or His church for now? Has He put a pause on things because of the worldwide pandemic? So I think that's important for us to start thinking about. I think 2021 is the time we start to change how we think about God. It's time for us to relearn, or if we haven't before, learn His character and who He really is and actually see Him for that. Because often we filter God through the eyes of humans, through our eyes. We expect Him to act as we would act or respond as we would respond. And we expect Him to do what we would do in a hard situation or a hard year, don't we? We kind of think, well, we've gone silent or the church has stopped for a bit, we're online. Then what does that mean? What's God going to do in an online church environment? Can God still move? Does He still speak? But we also filter Him through the eyes of the world. So not just through a Christian worldview, but we say through the world of what's happening, the fear of what can happen. Sometimes we think, oh, well, right now we're stuck in this moment and we can only do what the world is telling us we're allowed to do. So I've been thinking about that a lot. Because today I think, you know, not only we discover who He is, but we have to discover that He remains unchanged, but ever-changing also. And that is very, very hard to understand because it's not a natural concept, is it? We think, well, either you change or you don't change. You don't remain unchanged, but ever changing. It seems completely like an oxymoron, doesn't it? But God does do that. So what we have to learn as Christians is, what is He unchanging in? What do we stand upon? And then what can He change in? What changes with the times and what doesn't? Because there's a lot of confusion out there. 
You only have to access social media to understand that the church and the world is in confusion as to what is right and what is wrong and what we should be doing in these times. I believe His Word can always be stood upon but it can actually be built upon and used in any circumstance. So we have to go back to understanding that and believing it. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I know this year will be different than anything we've ever experienced because 2020 set a precedent for the world to change and not always for the good. Let's be honest, it hasn't been good along the way. And I'm not up here to be doom and gloom because I don't believe that the world is hopeless, but I do believe the world has changed. And like as Christians, we see it every day and we see the change is not always in our favour, is it? It sometimes can be quite against us in some ways. So what do we do? What are we going to do as Christians? And is your life going to be different this year? And if so, how? What are you in control of and what aren't you? I believe all of our answers can be found in Him, but we have to be looking. And I think the time has come that we understand that it's different in the sense that we're not looking for Him, we're looking to Him. So if you're a believer today, you've already found Him. You believe He's your Lord and Saviour. You're living for Him. I believe if you're coming to church generally, that's where you're at. So you're in the position of not looking for Him anymore, but looking to Him for advice, for opinions, for comfort, like a child looks to its parent to solve the problems of their little world. That's what we're meant to be doing. And just a side note, if you're here today and you don't know Christ yet, can I encourage you to keep an open mind as you listen to me speak and to allow Him to speak to you? Because I truly believe the love He has for you, you will feel it. I I, I actually do believe that. I don't believe that God will not show up for you today if you are looking for Him. But for those of us that have found Him, for those of us that are looking to Him, it's time for us to not just look to Him in the times of our most trouble, but everyday life, to understand that He has the answers. Now, the first thing I realise when I'm looking to Him is that God won't always be where He was before. He won't always be where you expect Him to be or where He's shown up before. He won't always speak the way He has done in the past. And this is the way that God is ever-changing, that He promises to speak, He promises to move, but He doesn't say how He's going to do it every time. And He doesn't say, you know what? Last year I gave you a word through Pastor Chris. So if you go to Pastor Chris, he can give you the word for this year. That won't be how it plays out. And for us as Christians, for my personality particularly, I like things to stay the same. I like to know what I'm up for. I like to come to the altar and someone gives me a prophetic word and I move in that direction. That's what I like. That's what I expect. That's what I want. Not always what I get. So I'm learning that. And the way I'm learning that is looking to Him, but also looking to the Word for direction. So today we're going to look at the prophet Elijah. My youngest brother's name is Elijah and Elijah's are powerful. They're opinionated people. They're people that stand up and say things that others are afraid to say. And that's probably true of most of my family, including myself. And you know what? I've been thinking about my opinions lately and I'll talk on that later. But the prophet Elijah, he was a powerful prophet. God had moved through him. And I wanna give you his backstory before we take it up. Now we're at the point where he's just called down fire and water from heaven. He's performed a great miracle. God has truly shown up and shown His power to the people. The people are inspired, they go on a faith journey. But time goes on and they start to forget about the miracle that God has done for them. They start to forget about the prophet Elijah and he's feeling really forgotten about. He's thinking, okay, now where am I at? People have forgotten about me. They've turned back to their false gods. No one is following God anymore. I've had enough. 
But even though the people have turned away, they've forgotten, there's one person that hasn't and that's Queen Jezebel. And she's determined to kill Elijah and she tells him that. Weirdly enough, she gives him a 24-hour head start. It's like a movie. I don't know why he gets the head start, but he does. She warns him in 24 hours, we're coming. You, are, you will be killed. So he goes, you know what? I'm gonna run. I'll run away. And let's, when I run away, he decides, you know what? What's the point of getting back up again? Why don't I just lie down and die? A lot of us in 2020 can identify with feeling like, what's the point of getting back up again? So Elijah lies down, but yet the angel of the Lord comes and says, hey, here's food, here's water, go to the next part, go to the next point. And he keeps spurring Elijah on. Now God has not shown up yet. And Elijah doesn't know where he's going. There's no direction yet. It's just checkpoints. You know, when your kids play Mario Kart or whatever those games are, like checkpoint, checkpoint, you're like, woo, if I can just get to the next, then I'll be okay. But Elijah still doesn't have much hope. But then God does show up eventually. So we're gonna take it in 1 Kings 19, verse 10, we're picking up from. The Lord says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replies, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And in the wind, sorry, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down their altars and they've killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left and now they're trying to kill me also. Then the Lord told him, go back the way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu. Those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Far out, it's a lot of big <laughs> names there. <laughs> but we got through them. Now, this is important. When you read these Scriptures, sometimes that part you gloss over. You think, okay, he said a lot of big names and he's gonna anoint a king, anoint a prophet. But what God was doing here was unique. But before we go to what God told Elijah, Elijah, sorry, let's go back. Where was God in all of this? Was He where Elijah was looking for Him? You see, He wasn't in a windstorm. Now this windstorm was not your willy-willy. You know, at school, sand kicks up in your eyes. It wasn't like that. These rocks have been torn loose on the mountain. This is bigger. This is a natural disaster. But yet God wasn't in the midst of it. Then comes this earthquake. God isn't in the midst of that. Now the fire comes. By this point, I think Elijah's probably thinking what I would be thinking, three natural disasters in a row. Either God's trying to kill me He's trying to tell me something. There's got to be a message in this. God has to be in those moments, doesn't He? They're miraculous events. But yet then God comes in the whisper. And it says in the Word that Elijah knew when the whisper came that it was God because He covered His face. 
And covering your face in the Word symbolises the fact that the reverence of God, knowing that you can't look upon the glory and the face of the Lord. It says that the angels did that in the Word too, that they covered their face before God. That someone that was face to face with God felt like they couldn't stand up anymore, couldn't continue living even in the glory of Him. So I think that's amazing that God chose to whisper in that moment because He didn't need to. He'd proven that He could do so much more. But God wasn't where Elijah expected him to be. God wasn't where I expected him to be. As the reader of that passage, we expect God to show up in one of those moments and he doesn't. So the whisper. And when he whispers, what does he do? Does he give him a word of knowledge, something new? No, he repeats the same question. Why are you here? And what he's saying to Elijah What are you doing here? This is not the place for you now. But Elijah doesn't yet know that. Elijah's looking for some reassurance, some comfort, isn't he? So God then gives it to him. And he says, you know what? There will be another king. There will be another prophet to replace you. So there's the first hurdle. Then the wicked are going to be killed for their sins. And you know what? If they pass through one person, the next one will get them. They pass through the next, the next will get them. I will not allow this to go on forever. So that happens. And then God says, you know what? You thought you were alone, Elijah. There are 7,000 people, the remnant that are left over, that have never served any other gods, that have never kissed the feet of Baal, that have only worshipped me. And for us in 2021, it's important to realise that there are people left who will live a godly life, who serve the Lord God as we do, that haven't turned away in 2020, that although we sometimes feel like it's just us and it's such a small minority and my opinion is unpopular or God's Word is not living anymore, people argue constantly with me about what I'm doing. Here is Elijah in the same position and God promises him something that it will change and that His Word will come to pass as it always would. God wasn't in the big miraculous event, but He was still there. He may not have spoken to, chosen to move in that, but He chose to move in the way that He wanted to. And that's important for us to understand too. You know what, if I was God though, I'll be honest, I probably would have moved in a more (laughs) miraculous, big way, a dramatic way. Would you? Would you have chosen to do what you could do to show your power? In 2020, seeing this pandemic, seeing people storm the capital, do different things that you go, where is God in that? Where is He in the midst and why hasn't He moved? Thankfully, I am not God. Thankfully, His ways are higher than mine and His plan is greater than mine. But I think as humans, we once again, we judge God by our own standards and what we would do in certain situations. And I really believe that when we start to look to Him, it develops our faith and we begin to understand His character. And that's what I've been doing, translating it into my own life, saying, okay, God, if this is the way you choose to move, if you speak in a whisper, then what am I doing and how should I be doing it? I wanna share with you a personal story now about my own faith journey. I think all of us have moments where we get that doubt that comes in. And you know what, normally when you're close to God and have an intimate relationship with Him, it's not too hard to overcome it, is it? You go into prayer, you go into fasting, whatever you choose to do, but you and God will work it out. You might wrestle with God a bit, but generally you can move past those hard times. But I think all of us will come to those times where we think, I can't get past this, or God hasn't moved there, or He hasn't spoken yet. So for me, years ago, I had two miscarriages in a row. And the reason I'm speaking about this is because a lot of people won't and it's a painful topic, but I want to talk about it openly because I think it will help you understand faith journeys that people go on and how you can overcome anything with Him. 
Anyway, these were missed miscarriages, so we didn't find out until we went to our first scan at the end of the first trimester. Now, sometimes with these, they'll say, we'll do a second scan to confirm whether there will be a heartbeat. For the first one, they said, you have to come back tomorrow. Now, I can tell you, I've never prayed that hard before. And I said to God, if you just prove, God, you can move in this situation, you can do something miraculous, that the doctors will be like, oh, we met, there, there's a heartbeat. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? That's what I was saying to God. If you just could do this. And I believed He could do it. I had the faith for it. But yet it didn't happen. And I was devastated, I'll be honest, I was. After the second time though, I was beginning to expect it. My faith had taken a beating, if you like. I wasn't as faith-filled, I didn't pray as hard and I kind of thought, oh, I was bracing myself for that moment. But when it happened, I wasn't sad, I began to get angry. You know, when you get to that point where your sadness is gone and now you're like, why? (laughs) You better give me an answer, Lord, because now I'm really mad. (laughs) So what I did was I thought, okay, I can work this out with God. I can start to pray. Nothing worked, I heard nothing. I started to walk every night. Pray, pray, worship music, ask God to give me answers, cry out to Him, come on Lord, give me some sort of reason for this. I did this for a while and I got nothing, literally crickets I could hear on my walk at night, (laughs) thinking, where's the voice of God? I thought you'd show up here in this moment. This is where I'm looking for you, Lord. But it didn't happen. I'd come to the altar and I'd think someone's going to give me a prophetic word. I'd believe for that. And that prophetic word will tell me why or it will tell me what to do next or it will give me some sort of assurance. And it didn't happen. So I started to think, okay, well, maybe I need to let this go. I kept praying, but I didn't know where else to turn with answers because I'd done everything I could do. And I already had a child, I had Alba. So I had gotten to the point where I thought, I've proved, I've proved that I'm a good mother. It's a reasonable request. That's where my attitude was at. Reasonable request, give me another child. And it sounds cocky, but that's where I was at. One day, I was driving down Safety Bay Road and he spoke. And you know when you hear the voice of God so clearly that it's nothing else, it just comes. Now, can I say this is not a word for anyone else. This is a personal word that He spoke to me because I don't want anyone to feel that they need to put this on their situation. But this is what God said. He said, up until that point, like I said, I believed it was my right to have a child. I thought that was part of a woman's design. That's what we were created to do. Not all. Okay, there's more than that. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. We have a lot more than just baby making abilities. (laughs) But that was part of my design, if you like. God spoke and He reminded me that children are always a gift, never a right. And that hurt, that stung. And I sat with it for a bit and I was silent. But then I was reminded that God gave us His greatest gift. He sacrificed His Son for me. And that I could never understand that type of sacrifice and I would never give up my child for someone else. (laughs) Just decide, no, never gonna happen. But yet God did that for me. So on some level, He understood my pain in losing a child. And that even though He may not have given me a promise of another child because He didn't, He didn't give me any assurances that everything would be okay, but He understood my pain and He sat with me through it. That gave me great comfort. But you know, like I said, God didn't promise me another child. But we decided one more time to try and we got our Kiva. And His name means protected by God. And I truly believe God remained faithful in that, even though I didn't get my guarantee of that happening. 
that God wasn't where I looked for Him all those months. That, but in, eventually He turned up when I needed Him the most. That God speaks in His time, not mine. That we have a very finite understanding of time that this is when I should have a child. This is how many years I expect to wait. Why are you doing this, God? This is my plan. But God's plans are always better, always higher, and they are worth waiting for. You know what? God didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, like my friends were. You know, your friends always make you feel better. God doesn't always do that. He won't always tell you that everything's going to be okay or easy even, but He will promise. He will make His promises and they're always yes and amen, but they may not be what you're planning or hoping for sometimes because we measure Him by our own standards, by human standards. So even though He won't be where we are always looking for Him, When He speaks a word, it will come to pass. And that's important to remember that whatever He has spoken to you, whatever He's spoken through a prophet, through the word, through a pastor even, that it will come to pass. But it may not come in your time. That 2020 may not have been your year like you thought it would be. But yet, was it a waste of a year? Did God look at 2020 and go, oh, what a waste of time. I should not have done that. (laughs) I don't think so. I think that God works through any situation in a year. But it's up to us to actually believe what He says is true. It's up to us to take hold of the Word and say, you know what, now is my time to actually see what God is saying in this. Ezekiel was another prophet. And Ezekiel was a prophet who was powerful also, like Elijah. They did a lot of miraculous things. But prophets of the time were the colourful people. They were the people that did and said what no one else would. They were weird, to put it nicely. When you read it, A lot of the time they were doing things that seemed very, very out of the ordinary and people didn't understand it. But people watched the prophets and why they watched the prophets was because they knew that God would speak to the prophet directly and that that word was meant for them. And although we don't have this same prophet mentality now in our modern church, there are prophets out there, don't get me wrong. We still have a God that speaks and we still have a God that moves if only we'll look to Him. But Ezekiel, I'll give you his backstory. He was also living in a time when the people were rebellious. Now it says in this that these people had eyes, but they couldn't see. They had ears, but they couldn't hear. And if anything tells me what's been going on in the world, it's very obvious that we have a lot of people doing that, don't we? That although they have all the resources available to them, they're intelligent, they're educated, they've got, they've got everything they could possibly need, but they cannot see and they cannot hear. So Ezekiel's frustrated too. He's like the prophet Elijah. He's saying, you know, what is going on with these people? God has called them rebels. He's saying they're rebellious and he's had enough. So he decides to do something. So he gets Ezekiel ready. And he says, this is what you've got to do. So we're going to pick it up in Ezekiel 12, verse 21. Again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, you've heard the proverb they quote in Israel. Time passes and prophecies come to nothing. Tell the people, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I'll put an end to this proverb and you will soon stop quoting it. Now give them this new proverb to replace the old one. The time has come for every prophecy to be fulfilled. There'll be no more false visions and flattering predictions in Israel. For I am the Lord. If I say it, it will happen. There will be no more delays, you rebels of Israel. I'll fulfil my threat of destruction in your own lifetime. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then the message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the people of Israel are saying, he's talking about the distant future. Here we go. The people that don't worry about that, what God says, it's not going to come to pass now. We can wait, we can do this later. No, God says his visions won't come true for a long, long time. But he says, tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, no more delay. I will now do everything I've threatened. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. 
That's a really serious verse. God calls Himself the Sovereign Lord. He doesn't do that all the time, does He? But you can see He's had enough. And He said, stop saying that my prophecies are not for now. Stop saying that you can wait, that maybe one day this will happen. But you need to understand that I'm speaking right now. And if I speak it, it can happen. And you have to rely on my Word. You have to trust my prophet is speaking that. And you have to obey when you hear it. And I think we lived in a year of 2020 where it was, well, let's just wait. Let's just put that off. This is the year where we can't do anything. God has maybe stopped for a bit in 2020 or maybe my Word, my prophecies, whatever God's told me can come to pass later. Start to believe that God will move in your lifetime. Start to believe that. Start to understand that His prophecies are meant to be fulfilled. They aren't meant to return void to you or to anybody else. God has not gone silent in 2021. He still moves and He still speaks. I believe it. It's time to listen to His opinion, not to others. I said before, I'm opinionated person and I have opinionated friends. There's nothing wrong with that. It gets good discussion going, doesn't it? When we don't always agree and when we understand that it's okay to have a difference of opinions. But you know what? It's not okay to listen to others' opinions before you've gone to God. It's not okay to go on social media and go, well, that celebrity pastor says this and yet it doesn't line up with the Word of God. That's not okay. And time has passed when we have to trust our devices so much that that's where we're going for, that our generation has become a podcast generation, a social media generation, an online church community that we trust more than the actual Word of God, than the actual prophets that speak. And I know this seems harsh, but it's something that God is speaking to me. Who are you listening to? Are your quotes from the Word or are they from a preacher? (laughs) You know, and there's nothing wrong with following these people or understanding that they are called by God to speak, but yet they are not always the voice of God speaking directly to you. They're not always the prophecies that are meant for your life. If you cannot hear the voice of God for yourself, what type of relationship do you have? If you rely on somebody to tell you what to do all the time, then we have a problem. And even our spouses, I was thinking about Bobby, And I go to him for a lot of advice. Bobby is is an anchor in a lot of ways. He's calm, he's rational, he's unemotional. He'll tell me, don't worry about that. Or that's how you feel, that's not how it is. A lot of the time, he's very, very wise. But yet he is not God. He is not boss in a lot of ways. So I have to understand that God must come first. His opinion, his laws are higher than anyone else's. So can I challenge you for this year that if you're someone that's been kind of knocked about in 2020, that your faith has become low, can you start to look back to Him? Not just looking for Him, look to Him, speak to Him, ask Him to speak to you. Ask Him for a fresh word, a prophecy that's relevant for 2021, that you are going to see it come to pass in your lifetime, that you wouldn't be a person that can see, sorry, that has eyes but cannot see or ears but cannot hear, but you would truly be someone that understands the Word of the Lord. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.